Warning! This review contains spoilers. Although, this movie came pre-spoiled. I remember picking up Aragon a while back and quickly losing interest. The novel was originally written by a 15-year-old Christopher Paolini and, unfairly or not, I thought it showed. I moved on to something more readable, like the assembly instructions from my new coaster chair. So, while I can't say that I read the book, I can say that I sat through the whole damn movie. My gift to you. Sully Dog suffered, so you don't have to. The story, and the movie, illustrate why so many people, myself included, have lost patience with commercial fantasy. So much of it consists of recycled, formulaic, plot-coupon silliness, with the elves and the dwarves and the dragons and the magic swords with fancy names, and all the other props that Tolkien brought to life in a way that nobody has since. I'm dating myself here, but I remember being hungry for high fantasy after blowing through Tolkien as a youngster in the 70s, and pouncing on Sword of Shannara when it came out. Staying with the 70s idiom, I found the experience of reading Shannara after Tolkien roughly equivalent to smoking cheap skunkweed after developing a taste for Sensimia. I'm going to take one more hit off that unforgivable metaphor and tell you right now that if Tolkien is Sensimia and Brooks is skunkweed, then Aragon is a stale bag of herbal tea, soaking in lukewarm water, in a styrofoam cup, in a dentist's waiting room. The story is set in a world called Allegatia, and the obligatory map tells us that its geography is superficially similar to that of Middle-earth. Aragon tells the story of an eponymous teenager played by Edward Spielers. With the help of a mysterious artifact left for him by a beautiful princess in distress, and aided by a scruffy old eccentric from the edge of town with a fancy sword, our blonde, baby-faced hero discovers that he has a destiny beyond working on his uncle's farm. Sound familiar? Yep. Luke is destined to be a dragon rider. Princess Leia has left him a dragon egg, which, as such things are wont to do, hatches a dragon. And if Luke can fulfill his destiny by learning to fly the damn thing, pick up a few magic words of Elvish, use the Force, penetrate the evil wizard's Death Star, and fit into his ridiculous armor, why, then he can get the girl, save Allegatia, and maybe get a sequel. It's true. Aragon is little more than a clumsy amalgam of Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Anne McCaffrey's Pern, and those awful Iron Eagle movies that Lou Gossett made in the 80s. Even with the best production values, direction, and performances, the result would have been a cinematic mess. But Aragon doesn't even bring these luxuries to the table. With somebody like Peter Jackson at the helm, this gunk might have been made bearable. But of course, Peter Jackson wouldn't go near a reprocessed turkey like this with a ten-foot lightsaber. I guess it's fitting that the film adaptation of a novel written by a fifteen-year-old would be entrusted to a novice director. And on his first outing, Stephen Fangmeyer demonstrates an uncanny ability to minimize the few merits the story might have had while enhancing its every clunk and cliché. The action sequences are poorly choreographed and dreary, scenes that are meant to be triumphant and stirring induce nausea, 
and moments of loss and tragedy draw outright snickers. Expect Fangmire to do better his next time out, because it would be maximally difficult for him to do worse. The movie does have some great off-the-shelf CGI, but I'll spare you the usual rant about great effects in service of a lousy story. Instead, I'll rant on the sets and props, which are generic at best and unforgivably cheap and cheesy at worst. Case in point, Zarok, the sword Luke inherits from Obi-Wan, looks like something you'd buy for your five-year-old at the dollar store for Halloween. The costumes range from ho-hum to downright silly. Aragon wears a shiny, brand-new leather outfit that looks like something you'd buy from International Mail, especially for filking at Worldcon. And the evil king appears to live in one of his own squalid dungeons, unadorned save for a poster map of Alagisha with place names prominently displayed in Latin letters. Edward Spielers, as Aragon, is generic teeny-bopper fodder. Sienna Guillory, as the Princess Aria, would have made a fine elf, but I have no idea why I should care. Jeremy Irons, as Obi-Wan Kenobi, brings the only real performance to the show, but I don't remember being so relieved watching Alec Guinness bite it on the Death Star. And none other than John Malkovich plays the evil King Galbatorix, a name which, I have to say, sounds like an exotic specialist working for an escort service. I, I, I'd like you to send over your, your meanest Galbatorix to the airport Ramada, room 305, and tell her to bring plenty of saran wrap this time. Malkovich doesn't even email his performance. I wouldn't have thought it possible for him to be this bad. He's never been too proud to chew the scenery, and that at least might have been something. Here, Malkovich is cardboard. Moments into the film, he says, I suffer without my stone, and I found it impossible to take him or anything else in this movie seriously after that. So, it's a short review this time, friends. This is a mediocre and derivative story made into a painfully bad movie, plain and simple. So, I'll just take a moment now to remind you all that Escape Pod does take submissions for movie reviews. And that's important because if somebody's dumb enough to make a sequel to this stinker, one of you will have to do the review. I'm not going through that again. This is Jonathan Sullivan for Escape Pod.